Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage? Companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. This is our 50th episode, but we're not doing anything special for us. Don't get too excited. I forgot it was going to be our 50th episode this week, so I just didn't plan anything. <laughs> I'll do something cool for our 100th. Um, so Pride Month is over, sadly, uh, but we did manage to raise a whole $160 during our charity stream, so that was pretty exciting. Um, the game rolled both well and badly, and that was equally good. <laughs> We're pretty proud of that actually. Um, so speaking of things that are pretty great, uh, we had another exciting stream on Friday, not quite as filled with dragons this time, but certainly full of the repercussions of said dragon. Um, so the, the specter of the dragon loomed large. Everybody took like a turn yelling at Campion. Uh, Quinn and Sinric nearly got into a fist wipe into a fist by Perry's experimenting with self-actualization and Sinark is experimenting with religion. Uh, we'll be talking about all of that and more starting in just a moment and then later we'll be talking about skill checks and how terrible is less wonderful they are. As always stick around after the stream for links, charities, and resources. I'm your host Truth Benson and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Join me today. We have two lovely gentlemen. We've got Chad who plays Quinn and then we've got Tick who plays Sinric. Um, so quiet episode mostly, but what is the damage? Yeah, you're right. It, it was quiet aside from the many conversation of Campion, you're stupid. Do not mm -hmm. be stupid. Please and thank you. Do not be stupid. Yeah, that point certainly got drilled in several times and yeah yeah i mean did it get drilled in i mean maybe not an effectively effort, effort but it was, was made okay it was that's repeated. all that's, yeah and a, an effort was made whether or not that information was internalized we have no control over that but you know we tried no your lives would be too boring of campion like became sane. I would like them to be at least slightly more boring yeah, do sometimes. You, no, do slight, you know? Slightly. Do you know? Do you I, know? I, no. As far as involving less natural disasters, yeah. <laughs> the dragon cow is a natural disaster. I don't think it does. I think on insurance forms in fantasy world, there's, you know, like active, like, you know, active, active God, dragon. There's active dragon. Um, you know. It would just be like mauled by a wild animal. I mean, uh. That wouldn't be any different than getting like mauled by a bear. I don't think your medicine insurance covers that. But like a dragon's an intelligent creature, so maybe that's like a crime. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, there is actually the potential of premeditation, uh -huh. and you know, you well, could apply actus reus and mens rea to this whole process with a dragon because of their because they're intelligent. But there was no no trespassing sign or trespassers will be set on fire sign this in is your true. defense. So if you take if you true. take that dragon to court, like that's a good defense. We were asked to leave, though. True, true. You were given a chance to leave. That is true. Uh, I mean, you'll your lawyers will have to hash it out. We'll see. 
we'll see. I think you both have a good case. Anyway, um, so Future damages. What's now, the damages? What's the damages? Exactly. Yeah, the the um, legally minded spinoff to this show. <laughs> we can hire Capian as an attorney. Shut your drunk mouth. <laughs> oh my god, it would be just like the bird law episode from um, from It's Always Sunny. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I did not. I don't think I saw that one. No. Okay, somebody on the internet knows what I'm talking about. Well, somebody on, on the internet knows what everybody's talking about. Some yeah, it's a good poll. They agree with me. Um, anyway, so uh, that whole incident happened. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, sure did. Um, and something. I thought it was interesting. Senric seemed to express the opinion that the shields were set up to fail by Aaron. Uh, do you believe that? I mean, me in character, it starts mm -hmm. to feel that way to a point where it becomes less of a test and more of a, okay, so if this was, you know, a group on a mission, we didn't have all the information we should have had. Mm -hmm. feel. Um, you know, a, a situation of sending in a troop of people to do a job, so to speak, and to withhold information could potentially there's, cost there's people lives. Which is you know, a, big, and, a big thing. You know, in my character's head, that's not something that you treat as a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. We were there to do a task, so why didn't we have all the requisite information to do the task? And And I understand, like, you know, Aaron's point of view as treating it as a learning experience, but I mean, that's just where we differ. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Mercy. <laughs> Here is Percy. Exactly. Start the show. Um, Chad, you're muted still. So. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to mute because so many opinions coming out of that dog's mouth right now. Oh, this is what he thinks. Does, he, does Percy think you were set up? Chad, do you think you were set up? Uh, as far, I don't think so. Uh, Quinn doesn't think, feel like they're being set up. Mm -hmm. uh, he's developing a very specific opinion on a lot of members of Lux Eternal and that they're kind of a bunch of bullies because, <laughs> well, they keep basically calling them stupid. And it, mm -hmm. in this opinion, it's basically like you have people who have literally traveled all around this and possibly several other worlds at this point. So calling them stupid is essentially the same as a college professor calling a toddler stupid because the toddler doesn't understand how to get the block to go through the hole properly. You know, you've got someone who has life experience far beyond the other person. So just, you're all such idiots. Like, I mean, what chance do we have to prove that we're not comparatively, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, yes, we're making a lot of mistakes. We're fucking new at this. And then you know, the whole thing with Aaron when Quinn was just trying to walk off and not put her out of having to, you know, teleport us back, literally threatened him with his own death. Like, yeah, okay, great. You've threatened a person you can obviously kill. Does that make you feel better about yourself? But like, that that's just kind of where Maybe. he's at with him. He does not really care for the majority of them at this point. Interesting. So both your characters are getting kind of fed up with Lux Eterna. Um, a bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, not the group. Just, you know, certain people. Yeah. There are certain some people. that I, that, yeah, there are some that there's like no reason to have a problem with. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fulton's done nothing other than show up and be like, super interested in whatever's going yeah. on. He's a kid at a candy shop at all times. Kind of, yeah. He's, he's, he's been a pretty all right dude. Yeah. And then the other guy, um, what, Kane, we saw him for like five minutes. Yeah, That's there's it. no opinion. That I have no opinion. He's basically like the mortal equivalent of vanilla ice cream. He exists and he is not unpleasant. And then there's <laughs> the other one who we haven't even met. And I don't know if anybody's even seen. So no well, we opinion about Freya. a thing I don't know. She was kind of um, a yeah. butt because she stunned us for fun. It kind of adds to Quinn's whole argument. But then again, she even admitted she was just having fun with us yeah. because she could. I mean, so isn't it, that know, not the definition of bullying? See, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it adds to the whole argument of she did it for fun because she knew she could get away with it. Mm. But I, I mean, I, I don't want to say like we're being set up for failure as a whole, like over mm -hmm. the long run. 
but I, I'm just more so specifically referencing in this specific this case yeah. point. Because, I mean, the way my character is thinking, Lex, for example, doing a lot for her, she's gruff. Um, but even when we've gone to her with concerns that are not justifiable, she tells you that straight mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. But when you go to her with concerns that are justifiable, we've seen her reaction to the point where it's like, okay, this is out of your hands. I'm taking care of this. You know, you guys can come along if you want. But, you know, this is could happen. Yeah. And I can see Sinric's whole thing about set up for failure because, you know, Sinric's the soldier. You don't send troops into battle with faulty intel because that's how you get people killed. Mm -hmm. Which almost happened. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, she sent a group of people that, yeah, uh, essentially have enough power and skills to get themselves hurt in just about any situation to... <laughs> You're not wrong. An unknowing situation. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. That, yeah. That's Dragon what happens food. when you level up. You just gain new ways to get yourself hurt. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, adulthood's we're... like that too. Yeah. Oh, we're about to be level nine. Look at all the other ways we could die now. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, whole new world of possibilities. So you two and your two characters are having a little bit of trouble with the management of some of the members of Lexa Turner that you've been interacting with recently. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think is the future between your group and like Lux overall? Like, where do you go from here? Um, it's going to eventually come down to a heart to heart at some point. Um, probably. But it's a matter of how that's approached. Um, mm -hmm. And even then, during some of the ranting, I mean, some of the words and some of the phrases that Aaron uses, it's like, okay, well, I kind of understand her point of view at this point. So, you know, it, it's it's a weird conundrum. Yeah. I mean, at some point, yeah, conversations are going to have to be had. But up until then, I mean, yeah, I think right now, Quinn's just of a mind of unless we actively need to do something involving them because of the other job that we're trying to do here, they can fuck off for as long as possible. Mm. You know, cause he just, he has no need for being called stupid because he didn't know the one thing that they could not have known or just being called stupid in general. Cause they did not figure out something that a more seasoned group would have that, that sort of thing. Well, I, I don't think it's a matter of a more seasoned group. Um, I mean, if we took the time, it might be. I mean, you guys that out. But how long have you guys been adventuring in game? I, I want to say I'm a bad couple at world of clock. What? I want to say it's been a couple of months. Maybe. Yeah, I mean that's not. It hasn't been a year or anything. Yeah. yeah. We've yet to hit our anniversary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, it's just it, it's one of those unique situations. It, in this case that everything is kind of coming to a head mm. Mm. although i don't think a whole lot is going to come from it i guess towards the external side but mm. hopefully there's some stuff that comes from it internally mm. so well, we'll see i mean i i just uh me and character don't like the whole vague <laughs> things like it's guarded yeah. mm -hmm. it, and you know I, i've been taking the passive route of you know not really saying anything okay it's mm -hmm. guarded well you know maybe we should have asked guarded by what mm -hmm. you know so you feel like maybe that should have been in the briefing yeah, yeah. and that's that's kind of <laughs> where my character if you will like, yeah should have been on the quest log you know like at least from yeah see at least from experience even you know doing stuff with dobby and things like that working mm -hmm. with you know a, what was it um, back in Dash, you got enough information to do the job and you got enough warning to know that if something didn't go right, you had consequences. So like, don't mm -hmm. do this, but you know, this is your job. Go do this. So I, gotcha. I just feel like pertinent information was left out, whether it be deliberate or not. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't know. Right. Gotcha. I, 
kind of get the feeling Aaron is more like Oriana trying to send a group of adventurers on missions. Like, we'll leave out the pertinent information because I got a book to read. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. Interesting. Interesting theory. Aaron is like Oriana. Um, speaking of Oriana, um, she had after you had gone back to town and sort of split up and come back together, she had kind of the same idea that Quinn had when you were up on the mountain of actually going um, back to apologize to the dragon. Does, would Quinn still think that's a good idea? He'd like to try because he never got a chance. It did tell you to leave, though. Yeah, but still. Oh, okay. He, told, he was told to leave because of a misunderstanding. Because what mm -hmm. happened was when we were given the information about, you know, what exactly we're looking for, spirit crystal, spirit blossoms, the player wrote nothing down because mm -hmm. in character, I was he was not fucking paying attention. The whole thing with Dobby being dead had just happened. And he was like, not at all listening to the, uh, to the job they were being mm -hmm. asked to do other than just in broad strokes, you know, go here, get thing, give to me. That's that's what he took away from that mm -hmm. and so then when we got there bypassing said flowers which was a mistake granted went to the cave because simple math of well there's a cave crystals and shit those usually oh. happen in caves he saw something shiny like perhaps there near the shiny objects there are crystals I shall try to enter this cave. So because of misunderstanding of, oh, you're coming in here to steal my shit, like I had no intention of stealing a damn thing. Give, give me a second to explain. No, oh no, I'm going to set on fire and said, well, fuck. And then, you know, scurrying down the mountain, we went. Uh -huh. So Quinn would apologize to the dragon and give him a chance. Mm -hmm. Because it was basically, in his opinion, pretty much a misunderstanding that got them chased off in the first place. Mm -hmm. Why does he care about the opinion of this dragon? He doesn't really care about the dragon's opinion necessarily. It was just, he wanted to give it a shot at the time because he thought maybe that could get, you know, get them a chance to get back in there mm -hmm. at this point. To get the spirit crystals or whatever. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but now it's more of a thing with just, I guess, seeing if there is anything at all left there, and mm -hmm. if the dragon is still there, if there's any way to, you know, make right the destruction that was done, or anything else, just, you know, so, so yeah, it's not really, Quinn has never actually cared about what the opinion of a dragon was, this still holds true, and <laughs> yeah, it's more just, I don't know, seeing if there is anything else to be done in the situation. Gotcha. Um, so your two characters had a little bit of a confrontation in this episode mm -hmm. wherein Quinn wanted to uh, physically assault Campion. And Just Sinric punch him one wanted, time, that's and all. wanted him to not, and told I him not to. <laughs> I would reciprocate what was done. Uh-huh. It was implied that you would prefer he not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I wanted to get your two like perspectives of that little scene. Okay, you can go first if you want. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It, my uh, perspective on that is the whole punching on the face would not solve anything. Mm -hmm. it, it would make you feel better for a second, but as a group, it would literally take away the progress that the other people have made at that point. So it, it needed to not. I mean, it, it's one of those where it can be a moment that brings us all together, but that type of reaction would help deter from that kind of coming together. And for the most part, everyone kind of took a step together that night, mm -hmm. except for Quinn, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. we, we said what we needed to say, we aired our stuff out, and then we moved on to different topics. And we weren't like at each other's throat. There wasn't that added hostility, but we, we let our issues air at that point. And yeah, I, I just don't think um, taking the violent approach inside of a bar would have been conductive to that type of environment. 
Hmm. Yeah, the reasoning makes sense. Quinn was basically just thinking he didn't really have anything to say to Campion at that point, other than he wanted to punch Campion, use the last 20 points of his lay on hands to fix what he had done and also give him back a bit extra from, you know, being nearly burned to death and then leave and come back at something come back at it later on like maybe the, maybe the following morning because while yeah punching him in the middle of a bar was not a smart idea i didn't say it was i said it was the thing that would make quinn feel better <laughs> and it might have but you be quiet you have no opinions about this <sighs> Why? Queen is a man of action. Kind of, sort of, yeah. But that's just what, where he was at. And as far as uh, the rest of it, Sinner just picked the worst possible day to give Quinn any kind of threatening ultimatum because he literally just had another one from someone that's also supposed to be on their side. So that's part of why he just decided, well, fuck this. I leave. <laughs> and he's just sort of disappearing for a little bit. Yeah, so why why did he end up going where he went? Um, it's on the Discord, some people, you may have been one of them, were speculating um, that after after Quinn's baneful feelings, he was going to do something like Melora-esque to balance hmm. it out. Is there any truth to that? Or is that just a cool little speculation? <laughs> it's cool speculation, which if you too would like to engage in cool speculation, join our Discord, uh -huh. shameless plug. It's cool. Yeah. 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 Very smooth. Nobody, nobody noticed. Yeah. See, I mean, I had, had to do it. I'm, I am all about shameless promotions, mm -hmm. but anyway, the reason he went there, it just sort of ties into exactly what just happened. He had a part in the obliteration of what was a natural wonder of the world so this is basically him going to do volunteer work at the church is essentially just sort of penance for that. He's, he has no way of making right what was done wrong, but just sort of trying to do something good in that same sort of vein. Plus, he is just sort of, he's having kind of a, a, a Spider-Man no more kind of moment, you know, where mm -hmm. like the, all the weight of all the fuck ups is just, this was like the one pound too many. <laughs> and he wanted to be able to go and do something where whatever it is he was doing, like his effort was able to produce a result that was just good by doing, you know, by doing something. You know, there wasn't any kind of price to be paid. There wasn't any kind of, you know, Pyrrhic victory or anything else. It was just, he is doing something and there is a positive result from the actions that he is taking mm -hmm. just to try to, I don't know. Feel better? Well, to basically just try to feel accomplished a little bit and also to feel better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did he feel accomplished? A bit. Do you feel better? Maybe slightly. <laughs> Maybe slightly. Yeah. Um, it's a process. It's a process. We're all, we're all working on ourselves, you know? Indeed, yes. Um, Quinn tends to react very aggressively when he feels that someone's kind of betrayed the group or made a mistake that um, that damaged the group in any way. He did something similar to Oriana, although he didn't try to punch her. Why yeah. is this? At this point, aside from Quinn's sister, the people that are in this group are the closest thing he has left to anything approaching family and friends. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as he knows, most people he ever knew are basically gone. He has no idea if there's anybody that actually went back to where he's from. And he may not ever go back to find out because then it would just be, you know, like if you're, in the period of the Avengers movies between, you know, between Infinity War and Endgame, where you're just trying to count who didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, that's the whole thing of having to deal with, you know, this is who's left. This is definitely who's gone with this person. You don't know if they're gone or not. 
And it's just, it's one more thing he doesn't really feel like having to deal with on that probably. So, I mean, he may go back, he may not, but in the meantime, the morons he's traveling with are the only people he has left in the world right now. So things that will do active harm or Mm -hmm. any kind of active damage to the rest of the group that's a real problem for him because it's the same thing as if you know when he was growing up if someone tried to you know do any kind of harm to his sister he would immediately (laughs) jump to the defensive because that's just the kind of jerk he was so that's kind of why he gets the same reaction at this point is just you know he's still in that same vein of this is all i've got left so he supplements fear of loss into anger yes in a very unhealthy fashion I love psychoanalyzing you guys. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, when you say that, because you, you would think as a character, you would appreciate, you know, e- what I was trying to do with like bringing everyone together and actually airing out their issues to bring people closer mm-hmm. together, as opposed to, you know, just getting angry and wanting to punch something. Yeah, you'd think that, but no. <laughs> it's just the time, because the I, because, you know, I get what you're, I get what you were trying to do. It's just the timing of what happened and then how is the stick is like the whole sticking point for Quinn. Cause you know, Aaron threatened to literally murder him. Not like a couple hours before mm-hmm. sitting was like either sit down or I'm going to fucking punch you. And then he's like, well, fuck all this for a little while. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, who knows if you would have chose to hug Campion. I mean, I did say I'd reciprocate whatever you did. I mean, I had I some fun like... with that. <laughs> I feel like if Quinn would have tried to hug Campion, I would have had to roll a wisdom saving throw to not turn that hug into essentially the rock bottom. You know, like I'm hugging him and then all of a sudden, there's just a hair's breadth difference between a hug and a urinagi slam. I'm just saying it's a thing. Uh, it's true. It's true. I'm constantly resisting the urge to slam people when I'm hugging them. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's like that um, that urge that makes you want like want to bite puppies when you see them. Like the like the cuteness part of your brain, like the mm. aggression part of your brain, are like really close together. That's true. Yeah, it's I, science. I really, you yeah, can you Google see the it. Little face, and like I literally I mean, want to eat your little face. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had that reaction to puppies. Well, you're weird. <laughs> you're abnormal. Um, anyway, but let's talk about um, Cedric's trip to the Temple of Cord um, when he became when he began sort of investigating his own his own god stuff. What was he hoping to learn there, and did he learn it? Um, well, I mean, there's definitely an understanding, but can you really learn something in the course of a couple hours? Um, I guess is the better question. Um, the intent there wasn't necessarily to further a relationship with mm-hmm. him, but more so understand what it's about um, in the sense that hopefully it's not something as straightforward as the physically strongest person in the room wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily looking at something that from a gladiator point of view, so to speak, but like what is strength? so to speak, Mm -hmm. as a whole, and how to utilize different aspects of that, as far as helping us stay on the right track, so to speak. So was he looking for guidance, or sort of just trying to get a a feel for for this god? uh, Not necessarily guidance, Mm -hmm. because I'm very to the point of I want to try this my own first. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put my foot, my feet forward and, you know, learn this on my own volition. Um, I don't want it handed to me. So, you know, it's the matter of that's why I was just observing to see what I can mm-hmm. see first. And then you kind of dive in. So I got, you know, some reading material, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like I said, it, it gave me an understanding of some things. But can you really learn a lesson in, you know, just a couple hours? Learn so. a lesson. <laughs> Yeah. Depends on the lesson. Um, awesome. Okay, then with that, we will move on to our topic for today, which is skill checks. Yay. We Yay. know them. We have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them, maybe. Um, so first question, how do you guys feel about skill checks? 
Um, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with those. Uh-huh. You know, like you love them when they go really well. You sometimes love them when they go really, really badly because then mm. at least there's some comedy to be had sometimes. It's when they just sort of fail in the middle region where it's like disappointing and annoying. Because <laughs> natural ones can that be comedy gold, but like a 10? Yeah, meh. 12. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 12, 7. Those are usually just nothing. I mean, I, I think skill checks are kind of like one of those things where it's a nice break from like a combat scenario, but still allows you to interact as far as your environment and your characters and your other party mm -hmm. members and still kind of play a game as opposed to just like role play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the big mechanics in D&D is the skill check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the main way in which you interact with your environment. Um, yeah, so lots of different kinds of skill checks. Um, some more for here, some more for there. It's not entirely balanced, though, is something that I've definitely noticed. So, like, there are so few strength-based skill checks. I think there's only athletics. Why do you think that, like, skill checks have sort of coalesced in some places within the mechanics and then, like, are kind of tossed away in other ways? I think skill checks kind of become synonymous with puzzles, um, mm -hmm. which may not necessarily be, like, correct as far as what they were supposed to be but there's also a lot more clever ways to engineer something or a situation as opposed to i lift this heavy object mm -hmm. so i mean yeah you do have things like athletics you do have things like you know just raw strength um but at the end of the day there's just more of a variety as far as the other attributes because it is a nerd game too. Yeah, <laughs> this well, is a game for nerds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that that is true. And you know, plus, there are only unless you're flex mentalo, there's only so many problems your muscles can solve. You know, I mean, how often do you see anything constitution based for a skill check as well, for that matter? I mean, so fighting contests. Just, yeah, yeah, just food-related stuff, mostly, I feel like. Yeah, yeah there, there's, so I mean, there, there's places for stuff like that, but there's certain stats that are definitely more favored mm -hmm. as far as, I, I shouldn't even say stats, but, you know, certain skills and proficiencies that are more favored for stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there can be, like, some kind of versatility, too, with using strength things, because I have seen on, you know, several occasions, someone with a massive strength score being allowed to substitute that for the uh, whatever their total would be for like a intimidation or persuasion check because you are literally using your physical mass to loom over someone like a falling building mm -hmm. and convince them that your way of thinking is actually correct yeah i did actually want to ask about that what do you guys think about alternative skill checks like using strength instead of intimidation just by being very big. Mm. Um, I think I've also seen like constitution used for like endurance sports. So if you have to run really far or swim, mm. um, you could do a constitution instead of an athletics like opinions. Something like, yeah, something like that. I think um, number one, it's at DM discretion, but it's something that is definitely much more enjoyable in my opinion, mm. because it allows you to be a little bit more creative as far as mm -hmm. like what you're doing. Um, to adapt kind of like different checks because a lot of players you know and this is even myself included there they get into this thing like you know say for example religion i'll just use that as an example mm. because not everyone is proficient in religion and not everyone you know has like a good bonus as far as religion so they don't necessarily want to use religion during a skill check because mm. meta wise you know there's not a good bonus that that so you tend to want to focus on what you have a good bonus in. Yeah. So yeah, definitely having some of those like out of the box situations and then rewarding those out of box situations kind of goes down the road mm -hmm. to foster more moments like that. Yeah, and I, I've seen uh, no, a few times, I know in some games I've seen Jeremy Crawford DM, he will basically substitute the stat 
for certain skill checks based on you know what the person is trying to do or how or even mm -hmm. what kind of individual is making said check uh, mm -hmm. like you know for example if you've got a warlock who is trying to make an arcana check their are their source of arcane is not through their intelligence it's through their you know raw chutzpah so mm -hmm. you substitute the Christmas. brainy score for the chutzpah score and then <laughs> you do the role that role because yeah exactly <laughs> and you know that kind of thing makes sense because that's that is how that character interacts with the world mm -hmm. not through trying to you know clock every single detail with their intelligence but just using whatever it is that lets them cast magic to let them relate or like you know you, you could do the same thing with like uh, with a cleric or druid with wisdom that sort of thing because it's not again it's not their intelligence lets them do it it's you know their their faith or their belief in the natural order of the world or in the or in you know the tenets of a god or what have you that lets them do the thing they do so why would it be based only on how smart they are makes sense interesting um in your experience, like what do you think are the skill checks that tend to come up most often overall? Anything like history tends to come up a lot. Perception. Um, yeah, like wisdom skills, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think insight uh, comes up quite a bit too. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that's because a very common question from player to DM is, is this person full of shit? <laughs> Yeah. And then the DM's like, well, grab your dice, monkey, and start rolling. Maybe. Maybe you find out. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'm kind of at that situation where there's insight has a purpose, but for the most point, for the most part, maybe you should just like trust your instincts as far as talking to a character and mm -hmm. not necessarily roll an insight. But if you get a bad feeling from talking to an NPC, mm -hmm. maybe that's your insight. Yeah. You could well, be wrong, but yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> going off point of insight, you can basically use your gut feeling of "I don't really know if I trust this person," and then you can try to do insight to either prove or disprove. If mm -hmm. you still shit the bed on the insight check, that doesn't mean you have to change your mind and believe that the person is telling you the truth. You can still think you, you know, can be like, mm, "I'm suspicious, but I'm going to go along with it." Yeah, like okay but i still don't like this like you you can mm -hmm. you, you can still stick to whatever your gut ref, your gut reaction was yeah you know? yeah i mean skill checks are not like rules do you have rules do you have to follow like they can right. inform rp but there aren't really you know you know understand what i'm saying i can't quite pull the phrase yeah but you get it um yeah and investigation is something that tends to come up a lot as well yes. because i mean if that that one's kind of like a necessity as far as mm -hmm. okay well uh let's see what's here all right roll investigation because i mean you're gonna Find look stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um i think the only recommendation as far as like investigation would be altering like dc as opposed to specifying like how much time you're going to take to look somewhere because mm -hmm. if you're just looking through a door and seeing what you know what do i see then obviously to see something important is going to be you know really high because you're just passing through mm -hmm. but if you're going to take an hour and go through a room then you should be able to find some pretty decent stuff as far as not having necessarily a high dc mm -hmm. depending on what's there yeah interesting well I, I i agree with that because it's kind of like it's the difference between trying to find the key piece of evidence on a murderer versus trying mm -hmm. to find the good waffle house in town you know one of them there is a timetable there like you're you're at a crime scene you gotta like you gotta get in you gotta get what you can you know like you have to try and find something. The other, it could in fact take you six hours to find said good Waffle House if you do roll a very, very low investigation check. Like you, you roll really a one, you find the bad Waffle, Waffle House, House by hours. accident before you find the good one, you know? Like that, that's what it turned to have waffles. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, so kind of like with that concept of like 
utility skill checks kind of are there any skills that are like always worth trying to improve no matter like what kind of character you're playing or i mean i i kind of like your visual skills to be honest um mm -hmm. and i it, most of my characters tend to focus on like your visual skills like your perception your insight stuff like that even though i'm yeah despite what i said about insight because it tends to come up quite a bit yeah i mean it's useful is the thing because those are the skills that they don't really affect how your character interacts with the world around them as much as you know being able to do things like acrobatics or athletics or whatever but they do have an effect on how your character understands the world around them and whether or not they see the thing they're supposed to see whether or not they know the thing they're supposed to know so i mean those things are definitely worth improving the soft skills are Gotcha. I mean, uh, I tried how? to go out of the box a little bit on this go around, but sure. <laughs> cool beans. Um, so how often do you guys like find yourselves in game having to perform skills that you're not specced for? Um, I know Quinn used to end up as a face quite often, even before he respect into a charisma based class. Inexplicably. Yeah. So how often does this happen when you're uh, like faced with just something that you know you're not good at? You gotta do it because you're there. I mean, it kind of just depends on the situation, you know, like if you like, you know, Quinn wound up being just the one guy that is saying the words at the time to mm -hmm. the person that has said information like, okay, well, you've got it right in person. I'm like, but, but I don't want to, <laughs> they're not going to like it. It's, really bad. it's I mean, gonna be real bad. Don't make me. It, I guess it's I guess that kind of question is a better topic for like how to role play like against a stat block. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I mean that that's more of like I, I think something that borders along the lines of how do you play a high charismatic, you know, a highly charismatic character when you yourself are not highly charismatic. Or, uh, tune in on but, Fridays to find out. Yeah, uh, we talked yo. about that already. <laughs> Well, I wasn't we on that, that episode. In a previous episode. Okay. Well, but good to know you're no. not watching the backlog. That's fine. I was just pointing fine. to that topic instead. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to detract, detract from anything, but. Uh huh. If he had a tick, if he had it. <laughs> don't, don't even watch your own shows. I'm kidding. Um, anyway, I, I definitely. So... Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go I was going to say, I definitely think it's more fun to. Uh, focus on what you're not good at so to speak as far mm -hmm. as roles um because you can get a surprising amount of leniency from the dm as far as like branching out and doing things you may not be comfortable with as a character because it creates moments of learning and it creates opportunities to help each other in game sometimes it's really funny <laughs> yeah <Not> absolutely <laughs> cool beans um so sometimes uh if I've seen DMs um, will skip checks or make the difficulty lower if the player manages to make a very convincing RP argument. Um, mm -hmm. Often, this times in like charisma checks, it happens in like charisma checks and stuff. Like, what do you think of this as um, an adjustment to the mechanics? Yes, definitely. I because I've done that before. I've just sort of tweaked whatever the DC might be if someone is just doing a really good job, like mm -hmm. and they're hitting all the right points in whatever they would need to say to try and convince someone of something else, or just based on how an interaction is going. I've even said they can make something with, you know, with advantage because they're doing such a good job. Now, conversely, if they're just really, really bombing. Yeah. If it's like open mic night at a coffee house and they're not doing a very good job on their set at all then yeah disadvantage will also be coming up because like you this person doesn't like you anymore because you are just being awkward. very very <laughs> awkward and very annoying so um you're gonna have to roll real high to persuade with disadvantage or they're probably going to ask you to leave slash kill you depends right. on the who you're dealing with you get a 20 if they feel sorry for you <laughs> mm -hmm. You, you get a 20 and it's just, oh, bless your heart, get out. Well, sometimes that is a successful uh, persuasion. No, I was saying that would be the success. They feel bad for you, so they're going to give you what you need. Mm -hmm. It could be successful that way. Like, oh, you've annoyed me just enough that I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you what you want to know, so you will never come talk to me yeah, again. It's like, here, 
take this and leave. Thank you. Doors mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll tell you, get out. Get out forever. If you ever come back, <laughs> I will, I'm going to put up pictures of your face. The guards will know to look for you. Banned. Yeah. Banned yeah. from every bar in town. Yeah. That would, that would suck. That would suck, especially with adventurers. You spend so much time in taverns. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, as adventurers, we really do. That's our bread and butter. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think DCs kind of have to stay fluid and flexible mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the situation, especially running like a homebrew game. You kind of, you get like a general idea of what you want your DC to be, and then you just kind of have to adjust to the situation. Like if it's boring and drab, you might be more strict to keep to whatever the dc was but you know if it's like okay i can see how that works you know so it's like okay that's a, a success instead of a fail mm -hmm. but i i think the what kind of captures the magic there is not telling when that happens yeah just keep it there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. mysterious yeah. Uh, cool beans. Um, so, so skill checks are being being dice based are a bit of a chaos factor for D and D, definitely. So, as DMs, how do you deal with situations where RP wise something should not work, but it does work because of a really good roll, or the opposite, something that should that should work does not work because of a really terrible roll? How do you um, do that in the story and make it make sense? I mean, you just have to go with whatever it is because the nature of playing a game of make-believe that has a math component that <laughs> uh -huh. affects whether or not things are effective and it is a completely randomly determined mathematical component as well means that you can plan for whatever you want, but chaos shall reign and your plan will not function. Mm -hmm. So... You just basically have to, with any situation, look at, okay, if they fail, this is how this, this is how this is going to go, whether or not it's supposed to, or if they succeed, this is how it will go, whether or not they are supposed to. I mean, you can have players roll an incredibly high persuasion check while they are talking to the devil himself and end up getting something really good out of it because they did such a good job. It may not make sense, but you know what? You gotta you gotta That's go with the story. That. Like That's the story. It, exactly. That becomes what the story is because th this is how they how they're doing it. This is how they're choosing to interact with the narrative, and their choices are shaping everything about the narrative. So mm -hmm. if you don't have their choice actually shape the narrative with what they are doing, then read just read a book. <laughs> Read a See, book. I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite train of that, um, so to speak, where even if you roll like super high, some things just aren't feasible to have happen, um, despite as close to, you know, as you're trying to get. Um, so a successful check or a really high check might result in you not killing yourself, but your idea not working. Um, sure. So, I mean, it, it all depends necessarily on what you're trying to do, like, I mean, if you say you're going to punch a hole in the moon and you roll a nap 20, I mean, are you really going to punch a hole in the moon? No, you're not. Right. But you might strike an awesome pose with your fist in the air and you feel really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Punch a hole um, in the moon, you have to be playing less D&D, &D, more something with anime powers. But or you just I mean, need to be on yeah. the moon. <laughs> Or that, yeah, be on the yeah. moon. Well, and I, I'm I not know. saying like you literally give them everything they want if they roll really well, but like you have to allow for making some things that should be yeah. impossible possible if within they reason. do, yeah, with, within within at least some modicum of restraint and yeah. some reason, yes. Like mm -hmm. I'm not saying you roll the nat 20, I don't care if the total is 30, the moon stays whole, you're not on it and your spells don't reach that far. Yeah, Unless you also are rolling to aim a cannon at the moon, it ain't <laughs> happening, son. In which case, even a cannon is not going to work. It's not. It depends <laughs> on the cannon. It depends I mean, on the cannon. But yeah, that that's kind of like, you know, that that's where I was going, where everything has to be, like, within reason. I mm -hmm. mean, a player there can ask rules. yeah, the insanity, all the insanity that they want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah. I think a sufficiently powerful wizard could probably invent a punch-moving spell. I think a uh, they did. It's called wish. I wish the moon. <laughs> I wish to punch a hole in the moon. Ta-da! I mean, oh, you God. probably die immediately because you've been zapped onto the moon and you can't breathe. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, they wished for the moon to disappear? Oh no, the oceans. <laughs> Tides and stuff. It's gonna mm. majorly fuck up the whole planet. That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be a fun little campaign. You have to get the moon back <laughs> before the whole world explodes. So you're saying you adapt despicable me. <laughs> you know, I mean more or less. I'm just saying, you know, I'm kinda into it, like a, actually. That that would be a catastrophic wish. Yeah. Right? Oh man. Actually, that would be a really fun little um, mini arc or one shot, I think, like having to rapidly undo the um, effects of a terrible wish. <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's it's even better if the wizard who did it is part of your party. <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, guys. Mm-hmm. Fucked it up. I fucked this up and you help. <laughs> that's how you begin the game. You just give... Mm-hmm. You- you give the worst character in the party the ability to do wish one time, uh-huh. but but like you give it to the character that should never have that mm-hmm. kind of power. Not necessarily the wizard, just whoever should just absolutely not. not. Like it. in our group, it yeah. would be it would be Jay. It'd Any be character Jay. made by Jay, you make you give that character the ability to do wish, and then you just you take the price component off of it. You know, it's just like. It's like whatever Every, you want. Whatever you say, it's going to happen, but it's going to have the same lawyering as far as mm-hmm. the letter of what you say. And then God help us all yeah. with what comes from that. And then you have the whole, oh, um, so I accidentally broke time. reality. <laughs> we need to fix time and space. See, I, I think Jay as a player is too smart for that type of mechanic. Now, if you give him what he wants, but mm-hmm. with a twist, I, I think that would be better. I am going to disagree because now I love Jay. He's great. However, I have played multiple games with Jay and Jay as a player, you are giving him far too much credit for the exact decisions he would make. Because yes, he's very smart as a player, but he turns that shit off. And he goes with whatever batshit crazy thing yeah. his character would do. And it doesn't make any sense, even to him, when he's doing it. So, just, yeah, I'm sorry. I think it's really, it's really 50-50, whether it's something that's, like, crazy, but mm-hmm. you can understand it, or if the moon is gone. I think it's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, it's entirely you know, up in the air. Uh, so, like, so, you know, you- you get a character that wishes for unlimited wealth and so you know they get an unlimited wealth but there's also like an ancient dragon guarding their wealth so they can't yeah so it's yours if you can get it you own the deed to this cave so everything in it yeah you know yeah uh or you have or you wish for unlimited wealth and like the concept of money is destroyed so (laughs) Technically, now you have unlimited wealth. Yeah, so does there everyone. There is no limit to wealth. Yeah. yeah. You, you wish for unlimited you. wealth and you become the center of the global economy somehow. Like, oh no, oh God, how did this happen? Oh my God, you turn into a bank. <laughs> <laughs> you transmogrified into a bank. Wait, are you there become a mint. That's it. We can get paid jobs. I can be a banker. Oh, I'm I'm in I'm into this idea now. Okay, okay, we have more questions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, as, as DMs, have you ever had the situation where like somebody rolls something super well or super terribly, and it honestly kind of fucks up your pot a little bit? Has that happened to you? Yes. Tell me about it. I, it usually comes comes in times when someone's supposed to be, you know, like the obligatory research sections mm-hmm. of the arc where you have to find the information to go to wherever it is you're going to go next. And then somebody just has to shit the bed on that investigation check. I'm like, well, that's information you ain't getting today. Better luck next time. And then you got to sort of adapt and figure out, okay, well, they didn't get it that way. How are they going to find this out now? And you just sort of, I don't know, you just sort of have to run with it. 
-hmm. what works for me is when as a dm i've reached a point where i don't write things down anymore or prepare mm -hmm. things i just <laughs> i make up everything on the fly in the moment aside from having to plan out encounters and such because that requires maps and tokens and stats and all that other shit but as far as everything else i just know the points that are supposed to be hit in my head mm -hmm. and i've got what passes for an arc planned out and then i just figure out okay it makes sense organically for this to happen here now let's do this here and now mostly because if i do try and write stuff out i over prepare i overwrite i overread and i will literally never accomplish anything this forces me to make a choice and be married to it in the moment no take backs i mean you kind of have to plan for the party to mess up what you're planning yes if that makes sense so i mean it's one of those where it's not to be expected and it's not necessarily I, I i'm gonna say something bad here so uh bear with me there but it's not necessarily memorable when a party you know messes something up even as simple as it seems when you're creating something mm. because that's just kind of the chaotic nature of dnd I mean, so it's one of those where, you know, you, you have, I think, more rare circumstances where things just go perfectly according to plan. And you, yeah, so you kind of have to stay flexible and expect for that, like, mess up and off the rail moment to happen mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's going to. Yeah. I mean, That's DD. It is. And there's this phrase, you know, no plan survives first contact with the enemy and no DM plan for survives first contact with the players. It's just that is the nature of things. You can mm -hmm. plan for everything within within like the smallest micron of like here is every single thing I can account for. But you are not six other <laughs> fucking crazy people. Yep. who have their own ideas and maybe they weren't listening one time when you explain something important and maybe because of that they've developed this weird alternative universe theory where this other fact that they have is actually what they're going to go off of and base their entire plan of action on because they miss this one key detail and then they make the choice that you don't account for because you were not there when they made that choice mm -hmm. so then you have to roll with that because if you don't, then you just just go read a damn book. <laughs> or, or maybe they did hear something that they weren't supposed to hear and latched on to that idea mm -hmm. and then ended up rolling with that idea, mm -hmm. which I believe has happened with certain party members in our group where yes. they misinterpret mm -hmm. situations many times. Yes. Memorably, that has happened. <laughs> Absolute yes. Ah, cool beans. Um, so, Tick, how do you prepare as a DM for like that kind of unpredictable roles? Since we we know Chad just um, fully improvises everything, <laughs> what do you do? It's one of those where you have to have like a loose, well, you don't have to, but a loose outline of what you want to do, and mm. I mean, you, you have to well fill in the blanks after the fact. I mean you have a general roadmap of the points you want to hit and where you want to go. And uh, unlike improvising everything completely per se, after the event happens, you could always go back and make, you know, add in your notes. Oh, this happened, this happened. And that way in the future, you have it as canon for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like a fill in the blank story, so to speak. Mad libs. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. You know, you, you mad libs. <laughs> Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you create like the outline and then you fill in the details based on, well, what you're not planning for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of think of D&D, just mm -hmm. as... Fantasy Mad Libs. Uh, as a plot, with a lot of blank spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, now, right, we have to turn the question, what do you do? Nah. What do I do? Yes. Oh, I improvise wildly. <laughs> It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, usually, I haven't DM'd for a while now, and I've only DM'd one game, but that game went very much not to plan. But I did manage to get all the plot points in anyway, because I was just like, okay, these are now fluid. I just like threw away all of my all the bones to my plot, and I was like, okay, here are some like floating, bobbing plot points, and these can be slided wherever. I'm just gonna put these in front of the in front of the players because they won't go in the direction I want them to. <laughs> So, ha, 
you thought you were going away from this? No, you're going towards it. You're going towards <laughs> it. It's always in front of you. All roads lead to Rome. Um, sometimes you have to do that. I mean, sometimes the femur winds up, you know, at the shoulder. Yeah, you know, you just got to deal with your weird bones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Not an exact science. Yeah, medicine, <sighs> famously an inexact science. Yes. <laughs> but oh. I... You know, even on the idea of skill checks, I, I do, do want to add one little piece of advice. Um, mm -hmm. Don't overlook anything, no matter how simple it may be. Like, you know, even what I do when you buy a tool and then just assume it's going to help you out instead of actually using it. So, you know, don't overlook even the simple things when it comes to a skill check, because it might surprise you some of the things that actually do work to help you out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Skill checks. It's the little things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's our time for tonight. Thank you guys for your thoughts and your advice and your presence and your cute little faces with your little beards. Um, <laughs> wonderful. And thank you to the, um, the viewers for tuning in once again on this lovely Nakwise Haza was last week, Tuesday. Um, I hope you have a great night. Thank you to Sunbirds and Lay Meows for doing our um, our opening theme and our opening card. Um, we've got links after the credits if you want to. Oh, I did it at the top end, but we can say it again. Um, okay. Reminded to announce that we donated $160 to the Black Equity um, firm. Center for <laughs> Black Equity. Center for Black Equity. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's the name, but we gave them money, so it's okay. Um, we're very proud of that. We rolled very terribly and very well all, um, all four weeks, so. We did our best fine. and also worst. Yeah, we did our best and also worst, and it worked out well. Um, check out our Discord. We have um, plot theories and also just weird memes that we post. And so many weird memes. So many weird memes. If you like weird memes, um, check out our store. We've got some cool merch. Check out our Patreon. We've got some cool um, rewards that you can get. You get a little bit of money. We enjoy money. Um, and check out check out our YouTube. We have all the previous episodes of this show and Roll for Damage. And tune in Friday, and then tune in Tuesday. I hope you have a great night. Bye.